0: Welcome to the Deacons Roundtable at WSFI 88.5 FM. And I am, this is uh, Deacon David Egan from the Village of Victory Lakes. And I am joining around the table with uh, Deacon Greg Webster for St. Raphael's Church. Michael Andi from St. the Assumption. Annunciation. Annunciation. Uh, Deacon Richard Hotzick, the uh, Vicar for Deacons in the Archdiocese of Chicago. And we have a very special guest, Deacon Alfred Coleman, who's also with the Archdiocese of Chicago and works at the Zacchaeus House. So before we get into our show today, let us begin with prayer as we usually do. In the name of the Father, Father, and the Son, Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. amen. Thank you, God, for being with us today, for loving us, granting us your peace. Be with us as we continue our journey, as you try to make this world more like your kingdom by our thoughts, words, and actions. Let us not fail in our mission and walk the steps beside us. We ask this through Christ our Lord.
1: Amen. 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 amen.
0: Well, as I said, we have uh, Deacon Alfred Coleman here, and he works at uh, a place called Zacchaeus House, which is in the Archdiocese of Chicago. Um, But before we get into that, uh, uh, Deacon Alfred, if you you can, tell us a little bit about yourself and um, how you got involved in ministry in general and how you ended up being at the Zacchaeus House.
2: It's kind of a long story, but I'll begin. See, I got involved in ministry. It begins, it
1: begins in a log cabin, I think. <laughs> log cabin, yes, <laughs> yeah, way back in the day
2: um, when it was just the Old Testament. Um, <laughs> I was a, um, a lay person when I first started uh, full-time ministry. Uh, I was um, working at Archdiocese at St. Basil Church, and they were merging with uh, Visitation Church. And I was working in the office, and at the same time I was uh, in the uh, – um, training to be a secular Franciscan with the 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 with Franciscans at Port Ministries on 51st and Ashland. So while I was working at the Irish Diocese, I was rough there roughly about a year working in the office. And um, about a year later, I l- moved into um, working with the poor at Port Ministries. At the time, they had a soup kitchen and a men's shelter and a drop-in center. Um, I started working in the office there and... That professed as a secular Franciscan, and started serving the poor. Uh, I was discerning the in it for some time, but I was still single at the time, and I knew I was like a I was I knew I was a married guy, but I was single and wasn't dating. So therefore, I was just, and also I wasn't of age to be ordained yet. I was in my twenties at the time, so I just thought just kept ministering and uh, serving the poor and trying to discern exactly, you know, where's my place, so to speak, because I was, my original goal was to be an engineer. So I was at SIU Carpindale, uh studying research and design, um, and entered the RCA program. And it pretty much changed my direction in life. Because um, I thought I was going to, you know, be an engineer, and uh, go into the military, and just, you know, follow life. Yeah. But after baptism my view of life changed and uh, started concerned about uh, humanity as a whole. I had opportunity to uh, work with the poor at Port Ministries and and as I was there for a while, roughly almost 10 years, um, then I got involved with another ministry called uh, uh, Emmaus Ministries and there at that ministry I uh, entered the Deacutite program as, at, after I got married and my wife and I was in the program and I was trying to um discern am I still gonna be a full time minister. And I wasn't sure exactly what I was uh, gonna do with myself, but I know that God was using me to serve the poor and I had a desire to serve the poor. Um after ordination, um, still at Basil Viz Parish, well at the church merged together. That's why the name is Basil and Viz. Um, ministry uh for me was it's a, a great place, uh because at the when I was younger you have to realize that my community was, um, was somewhat segregated. You know, and, um there was parts where uh me as an African American I couldn't go freely. And and the church was in that boundary. Uh for my younger years we couldn't even head that direction. And then after, you know, college and being away from Chicago and coming back to the city as a as a Catholic and also that's the parish actually I started worshiping in the church I couldn't even walk in front of when I was younger uh, that church was pretty much chosen because my sister was also becoming Catholic at that church and so when I was visiting my parents when I was on leave from the military I had um, stopped there and worshipped and then when I got a chance to um, when I was getting out of the service I um, started working there but the my journey pretty much is uh, just trying to see how God can use me so it's, it I went I wasn't sure exactly how he was going to use me because at one period of time in my life, all I knew was pretty much uh, uh, lab stuff and um, military stuff. And I'll kind of figure out how God can use me for, and with my so-called basic skills. But i uh, just trying to get close to how he want to use me with the poor. So I just stayed near the poor. So as for soup kitchens, uh, clothing ministries, food pantries, uh, mobile feeding unit, I just pretty much got in, that stayed near the homeless.
0: One of the things that you had mentioned earlier that uh, I'm not very familiar with is the secular Franciscan. Mm -hmm. Uh, What is that?
2: It's a lay order for lay people. Um, St. Francis, before he was ordained, uh, he had a lay community. And uh, once, you know, the church structure, there's uh, uh, priests, there's nuns, and then there's, you know, the laity. But the, the Franciscan charism was always open up to the laity to embrace the charism. So that's, and that's a, the that, secular Franciscan. That's
1: one of those, that's a so called third order. Mm mm-hmm. and, so, and so I see after your name sometimes the initials SFO, mm-hmm. secular Franciscan. In order, order.
2: And, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it, uh, I knew I was called to serve the poor, and I just hung around Franciscans and pretty much trying to. I was, I was, I always had this. Uh, uh, approach to life. If you want to learn some, standard people who are doing it. So, okay.
0: so how did who invited you into considering the diaconate? How did that aspect go from y- the transition of working with the poor to becoming part of the organized church in the Archdiocese of Chicago?
2: I was baptized at the Newman Center in Carbondale, and in the library there's a book I always read about Saint Francis, and as I was. Uh, Hanging around the Newman Center, um, there was a brochure all the way in Carbondale about one. um, Yeah, the ministry uh, free book table and also pamphlets on it, pamphlets. And there was a information on the the diaconate, and there was more information from Port Ministries because actually one of the nuns who worked at Port Ministry was at the Newman Center like a month earlier, speaking about the Port and left material there. So I just grabbed it off the table and was reading through it. And, um, and I read about the deaconate. And I was also read about, it. It, was, it was always the same time I was getting part of the book about St. Francis' life when he became a deacon. And, um, and I discerned the deaconate because there wasn't a deacon at the Newman Center. And on the military bases I was going to church at, I didn't really run into a deacon. So I didn't know exactly what a deacon was, but I saw the description of it. So I spoke to the, the priest who was on the staff at the Newman Center and he explained to me the, Order, um, so I was discerning it pretty much just seeing if uh, I had what it take to be a deacon.
0: And then you got invited via your church up in
2: when I'm back in Chicago when I made it to Chicago, and um, the parish priest at St. Basil mentioned it to me because I told him I was discerning it, but he brought it up a couple years later and said, Where you at with the diaconate? and I explained to him because it uh, at that time, um uh, I was uh, newly married and still underage. I wasn't nowhere near 35. Um, so I just pretty much started dealing with, uh, ministering as a lay person, you know, with the uh, port ministries and just stuck it out until I had, came of age. And then, um, went to one of those, uh, uh, information nights at, I think it, went through, I think it was at St. Felicitas. Um, and just my wife read about it and into the program. Hmm.
3: Let, let, let me go back a little bit. Uh, pardon my ignorance, but how was it when you were a child or a very young person? How was it that you know you can just you cannot just walk easily the neighborhood? No, and no, then no. And then, how how was that?
2: Well, how was it? Uh, well, the community was. I'm gonna see. Look at um, it. There were. African Americans on my block, and and mm-hmm. and just east of, no west of Ashton was the uh, mainly Caucasians. going wasn't a norm at the time, especially after dark. Like with the period of time, we couldn't go into Bridgeport, you know, because oh. uh, we had to be out of Bridgeport before the lights hit. So, um, so that's what just one the uh, uh, easy flowing community. So.
0: Yeah, from what I understand, it's there's still certain parts mm-hmm. of the city light that are like that. But one of the things that, uh, say, for, with your story about the Diaconate, without question, Chicago was blessed uh-huh. by your presence in your ministry. And no. thank you for it.
2: Thank you. Thank you very yeah.
0: much. So, um, I guess the other thing that um, introduced our listeners to is that you work at the Zacchaeus House. Could you tell me what the Zacchaeus House is, its history, um, what goals that you have or, or try to establish?
2: Zacchaeus House is a men's shelter. Uh, we call it a place of mercy and grace. It was started, well, it opened up in 2002. Um, with Bishop Perry, Joseph Perry, Vicariate 6, and a group of uh, deacons. Abram Sally was the original uh, deacon, uh, the founding deacon. And with Bishop Perry and a few other deacons, started uh, Zacchaeus House. It's 122nd uh, in Parnell, 12242 South Parnell, West Pullman area. It's an old convent. And the guys can stay there for up to two years. Uh, they come to the house with the uh, uh, the purpose to to be restored, a uh, place to find hope, mercy, and grace. They come from different backgrounds. They either came out of jail, um, coming from a uh, treatment, uh, but pretty much what they have in common, they're homeless and they they need a second chance, and the house offers that to them. Are
0: uh, there? requirements that you have to be Catholic to...
2: No. The requirements are pretty much you have to respect life. You can, that means you can't mistreat anyone there. can't call anyone out of their name. And there's no stealing because the door isn't... Once you get in the building, nothing's locked. So there, there's a sense of uh, community and honesty and respect that they have a common goal, that they're there to get their life together. And their problems are their problem, not someone else's.
0: So how does... Uh, do people... Re- there are like agencies that refer them to the Zakia's house. Uh, does someone just walk in off the street? How? What's the process of uh, even be being allowed to be part of this community?
2: Well, there's no walk-ins. Uh, Zacchaeus house is considered uh, like a second stage housing facility. Uh, pads is like a first stage, or where, where um, a person could come in for that night or just come up and show that day that they But the guys who get um, who come to Zakea say they're referred by. Most of our guys come through for parish, like there's a a parish where someone's been knocking on the door, asking for assistance for a while, and either the parish priest or the secretary, been working with them for a while, and then he sounds like he wants to get his life together, and they either give me a call, and uh, I go to the parish or the rectory to uh, meet with the individual, see where he's at, and then uh, we go from there. We also have family members who call, who uh know relative who need some help but the bulk of the guys come through from parish referrals
1: back at the uh, 2002 was the opening mm-hmm. now the <clears throat> there's a notion um it's obviously filling a need but was was there was that need known back in 2000 2002 i mean where, where did this idea come from
2: the need for the kids house yeah um, from what I understand that uh what I heard from Deacon Sally that he had a concern about working with uh, the homeless. Mm-hmm. And he started targeting homeless men because there was le- less resources for a single man. Okay. Um I know he's gonna hand out the homeless kits at Lower Wacker Drive and he ran into Bishop Perry. Bishop Perry was teaching um can't sure what class somewhere and and Deacon Sally was in that class. He shared that idea with Bishop Perry. They talked about it, and they discussed their ideas, and they decided to get a group to, to brainstorm, see if it's, it's feasible. Can we actually open up a shelter? Because uh, I know Deacon Sally originally wanted it on the west side of Chicago, but they couldn't find any property. So something opened up in Vicariate uh, 6, where is it now? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah, Deacon Sally was definitely, um, mm-hmm. from my knowledge of him and history of work with him, he was uh, very, very dedicated. Mm-hmm. To making a difference in the community.
2: Yeah, we used to talk about it because he was uh in, he was a year ahead of me. He's in class 2002, and I'm I'm three, a year behind him. And then we was running into each other uh, in the hall, and he talk about the their plans they were having. And uh, at that time, I was at uh, Um, Emmaus Ministries on the north side, and we were just talking about ideas about working with the poor and and how they was going to run things at Zakia's house. But it was very focused, and he he lived on the site. That was his residence, also.
0: Okay, um, so in general, we've sort of covered, you know, what it is and what we're going through to get uh, things there. How many people are actually in our traditional? On the average, like uh, time period, uh, you said people can be there for two years. What is the uh, total number of residents that you usually have?
2: We have an old convent, so we have nine rooms. We can hold nine men. Each man gets his own room.
0: Okay, well, we're coming up on our first break. Um, we're talking with De- Deacon Alfred Coleman of the Zacchaeus House and some of the work that he does down there. And when we come back from our break, we'll go into a lot more details about some of the issues of uh, the community and how Zacchaeus House is making a difference. So, this is WSFI 88.5 Ephraim on your Catholic radio, and you can also find us on the web.
3: Huntington from the Church of St. Mary's and the Chicago Bulls. I, I believe Catholic radio is important for all of us out there listening to help us through days when maybe our faith is being challenged by many different obstacles that are put in our way and it's a chance to reflect and just think and hear stories from other people that maybe are going through the exact same issues that we are
1: going through and how they have struggled and how they are getting through their problems today.
0: Hello, this is WSFI 88.5 FM on the FM dial, and you're listening to the Deacon's Roundtable. And our special guest today is De- Alfred Coleman from the Zacchaeus House, and he's been uh, explaining to us about what the Zacchaeus House is. Um, and one of the questions I have for you is that um, I think the Zacchaeus House is actually one of the main charities of Chicago diacaden. Mm-hmm. And so how is the diacra community involved within this Zucchia's house?
2: Uh, very much involved. The uh, the founders were were deacons and one bishop. Um, and also that the each man in the house receives his own deacon mentor. So there's uh um, a large amount of deacon support. And also when we have like a a situation needs some needs someone like a electrician or a plumber or someone when we need some type of something repaired uh, there's a deacon who has that gift so it put a call out and and let deacon Larry Chiber know what's going on and he'll find some good resources for us And so the uh, deaconate is very involved and and with so many different uh, charisms and gifts within the deaconate a lot of things happened and we also started ministry of presence with the uh, deacons of formation the couples came in so each uh, Couple, um, what is their faith on site? You know, as a ministry, uh, as a presence of believers among the guys in the house. Uh, so, where they had dialogue, in the conversation, opening prayer. Uh, we started a ministry of presence with that.
3: So, the deacon is extremely involved. What did the deacon mentor specifically do with the members?
2: Well, each man um, we felt needed a positive male role model. And each deacon is a a positive male role model for each guy they're assigned to. Um, They actually can share their faith with them. And also what I try and do is try and pair someone with similar gifts. Actually, I ran into a situation where uh, one guy was a a school bus driver with very few hours though, but that's what he did as a career. And and there was a deacon who worked for a CTA. So, you know, they had similar... uh, and I paired them together realized they knew each other. Uh, they were in uh, uh, training together as drivers. Mm-hmm. They actually started out at the same time. Mm-hmm. So as it, it happens, you know, this pairing of people with this different you know, the similar gifts realized they actually known each other years ago. So
3: What is required of that deacon mentor when you Well for one
2: just be able to commit to the time. Two being uh open to uh, developing a committing to a uh, relationship with an individual. Uh that mm-hmm. means you meet at least once a month and also willingness to uh, give advice, uh, to give a person another way of looking at things. There's sometimes one of the guys who um, have been homeless for a while um, need more positive influence. So it's more than just me saying one thing. There's another person saying the very same thing, but a different way, with a different tone, a different charisma, a different uh, culture. But just pretty much saying, just saying uh, this is the best way to go with this. This is where you should look at life. Uh so they, they, we need someone to, to stand and walk alongside the guys. And also if they get mad at me or at the house they get they can vent in him. That, that that's never possible. Oh so. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: how, how much time would that mean for the deacon mentor?
2: Time monthly, anywhere from uh two to four hours. Uh, and if you sometimes a guy uh pick up his mentee and they either go to church together or run out the bundle line or Go out and grab coffee. It depends on um, how you guys want to run things. So it depends on the time. Because you can come to the house and do your mentoring. We have a front sitting room where you can sit there and talk. But if they want to go for coffee mm-hmm. or if they near the s- uh, go to the same parish, you know, because many of our guys are um, belong to a certain parish. Sometimes they're deacon mentors at the same parish or near their parish. So.
3: Are there any kind of orientation or training you get you yes, give mm-hmm. to the deacon mentors? Mm-hmm.
2: It's done at the house. I to work with them and just uh. give them the guidelines and the uh, um, it's pretty much I can put it how to best be a good mentor mm-hmm. and also keep proper boundaries. You know, so boundaries. Well, there are, there are things that can come up like sometimes um, healthy communication isn't a gift for all of us. And some of the guys may assume that because you're interacting with them, you're there, they're you're a buddy. But the mentor has to remind them, I'm here for the purpose. Now I'm here as a, a as a minister, you know. So we're not buddies where I can help you break rules or, or help you uh, to uh, encourage you to do something wrong. My my job is to keep you on the straight and narrow. So that's where, you know maintaining proper boundaries. That let it be known that. Uh, I'm a deacon in your life. You know, that's why they also keep with the same. When you introduce yourself as deacon, then you give your last name or first name. Uh, keep your 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 say your title, but just the uh, the reason why you're here up front.
0: Is there so one of the things you said that was a, a two, you could stay in the house for two years? Is there a uh, a particular route that many people go during this two-year period that you have found to be successful or is it you know individualized for each person is there
2: yes pretty much individualized for each person because they all become homes of different reasons that's why there isn't like a one set um workshop we give everyone just because their their ex- life experiences and can vary like we there are times we have a guy who just came out of jail and a guy who um finished high school and we have a guy who used to be a lawyer you know so um, in the same household. So.
1: Now, what's, let me let me ask this: You you earlier made uh, distinction, uh, so to speak, graduating from a PADS program. Uh, I mean, moving on from the mm-hmm. the one-time night shelter, and then moving to Zacchaeus House. What's what's the difference in situation of, of the men who? Who may be visiting a different pad shelter each night versus the guys who, who are the long-term residents at, at Zacchaeus? Something different going on in them, or they just they found an, an empty bed at Zacchaeus' house, or what, what's the difference in those those stories?
2: I know that the some of the guys I ran into were at the past program, even the uh, past program we had at the port, where the guys were um, uh, used to coming and going, and sometimes they're um not as committed to life changes you know where sometimes you have to sit still and address some issues and the guys who come to the house uh, for one are ready to uh, start anew so when you get your own room and close your door that means this is base station here and it means that uh, um, your mail can come here uh, anyone looking for you can find you there uh, you have a safe place to, to lay your head um and you and you you can also get a chance to reflect on what's going on. what's One of the things that happens to a guy who comes to the house we don't I can't put it get him running as soon as they walk in the door, but they do have some goals but give him a chance to depress. I mean just to sit still and to uh realize that uh... it's safe here. And also give him a chance to uh get familiar with the house, the floor of the house, and the other guys in the house. And also yeah, it gives me more time to um Make sure our resources align with his goals, Or right, also make sure that I hear exactly where he wants to go, and I can get any resources in play when it's time to use them, and also give me a chance to discern who will be his deacon mentor. Deacon mentor. Um, and at that point in time, you can you can see the person just really realizing that they um, can't get things together, and the confidence level goes up, and they also gives them a chance to to look at what they. Have to offer their, themselves their life and also realize what they can face, where they screwed up at, you
1: know. No, w- without in any way trying to cast aspersions at all and say a, a place like Pacific Garden Mission, that's, that's one night at a time. Is that, I mean, you can't. They have two levels. Oh, they do.
2: They have the pads program where they come in, stand in line, get a meal, get some sleep, but they have to leave in the morning. And then they have a uh, discipleship program, I believe. It's on the second floor. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought it was the old building that was on the second floor, uh, where they they live there, and they, they have more responsibilities.
1: Is that akin to what Zacchaeus is doing? And does that look like it all at all, or, or no?
2: No, we're, we're mainly focused on. Uh, how can I can put it. Um, we don't start a discipleship program. We, we we try and get a guy to to. Um, how can I can put it. Uh, start a new. Um, It's like if a person comes there who needs to be retrained, or a person who comes there who needs to have his medication to adjust. It's like he has some issues, and coming out of hospital, he needs some time to get to know himself. Uh, we're we're Catholic based, and we look at him holistically. We're looking at his faith, and also just looking at his character, and also looking at the his past in case. He needs to reflect on that, and also some re- rebuild some. uh wounds that he had or to bridges that he burned uh, so we talk about life we also talk about um, socially what are you going to do are you gonna, or you can be part of a parish or a church or a place of worship or a men's group because our my biggest concern is to restore them and also when they move out they don't become like a uh, shut-in somewhere they have some type of social life that they're um you not believe I mean people who live in the city never been to a museum or who live in the city and don't even have a library card, um, who 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 lives in the city and just never went downtown. You know, just don't explore the city as a as a residence. You know, they've been in survival mode for so long they're just pretty much trying to eat and sleep. Yeah. So we encourage them to, you know, take care to go get a library card and get some free passes to a museum and get to get to know you as a citizen. You know, so walk the streets and not panhandling, but walk the streets as a, you know, a human being who's just trying to enjoy themselves and relax. Do you
0: have resources to allow people to, as they're on this journey, you know, for getting a job and becoming, to really be involved in the full community on all aspects? I mean, you mentioned just now the museums, um, and that's very well and good, but if you also don't have the resources for, to eat, you know, how... How do you deal with the whole big issue that you, of the transition from being homeless to be a productive member of
2: society? Well, for one, the, well, the house provides um, a room and board, so they get, there's food there. And also, we get if, if for the first, let let's say, month or so or while the guy needs it, he, we handle his transportation. So we'll give him a bus card. He can get, go where he needs to go and also if he doesn't have a cell phone he can use the house phone and, and also his mail can come there mm-hmm. and also he can make phone calls and receive phone calls at the house so uh... as he established himself either the one day get a, a cell phone or a savings account uh, his needs are pretty much covered by the house
3: what about bishop perry how, how involved is he with the with, with all the activities in the the
2: case house. Uh, fundraising, or uh, he does our books. um Before his schedule picked up, he used to do all the grocery shopping. He used to come <laughs> once a month and go grocery shopping oh, for the house. Oh, oh. Yeah, so he's very involved. Very involved, oh, and he used to God. do all the the house spring cleaning. He'd come through, take a couple of days off, and clean the house top to bottom. I mean, does he hire out? No, I'm talking <laughs> him himself. <laughs> no, I'm no, I'm no, I'm joking. Wow. I want to come to my house. Look at him himself, and then some of the guys from the house. he, he some of the guys used to say he works so hard that they can't keep up with him, even the younger guys, but he's um he's extremely involved with the house, but the, once his uh schedule picked up, he doesn't do the grocery shopping, but we use uh uh top box food and also local parishes. Um, give us food from their food pantries.
0: Uh, is it could you um sh- share like some of the success stories
1: of Zakia's house?
2: Yes, sure. Um
1: objection leading question are there any are there any <laughs> success stories <laughs> yes there are quite a few okay, <laughs> if, if there are any could you could you elaborate well that's from um,
2: let me start with uh, you know once the guy leaves the house he moves into what we call um, alumni mm-hmm. uh, that means a guy who's uh, outliving his, his his life he had his own apartment and he's working or working in in school and um, pretty much what I do I just I visit them where they are located uh, meet them at a coffee shop near their oh, apartment neat. and we just keep an update and see where they're at and i mm-hmm. see them around christmas time delivering christmas gifts but the um like another guys who went uh, going to one of the blessings is when guy finished school going to the graduations you know it's it's uh seeing someone going from homelessness and watching the struggle struggle through studies and, and standing there taking a picture of their graduation is it's it's a blessing you know, or just watching one of our guys uh, taking his dri- first driver's lesson or uh, going to him to get his apartment doing a house blessing his apartment mm-hmm. you know there's a, uh, a lot of um, things to be thankful for, there's a blessing, or when a guy calls who been moved out for a while, who wants to do something for the house, who wants to give back mm-hmm. um, we've had guys who come to our, our, our luncheon, we have an annual fundraiser every year and um, a guy came through, one of our alumni did a presentation to the house. And one there was one guy who, who, when he turned 50, at his birthday party, he had run out of hall, gave himself a birthday party. And um, he called uh, me up front and he donated some money to Zacchaeus' house. He just wanted to give back what the house did for him.
0: Those are great. Yeah. I mean, um, one of the other uh, questions, what if, say, for example, someone is an alumni and then they run into problems just in general. Is there resources they can then use of Zakia's house, like mm-hmm. their old mentors or having, being able to come in and just talk and say, you know, let me, what's your wisdom, your guidance?
2: Yeah, they always can call back, and, that w- and also that they can come back if needed. We had a gentleman who um, uh, left Zakia's house and found the job in Texas, near his parents. Um, lost that job and they had to come back and start over. Mm. So he was at the house for roughly about six months and started over. So,
0: so there's like there's a, within your community that you have built. There's even safety nets. Yeah, because there's we
2: realize that a lot of the things that uh, the one of the things the poor do not have is a safety net. Mm-hmm. Don't have a relative they can call or don't have a relative they can call anymore. Um, so the the house provides that. You know, we we, we try to level the playing field when it's in the house and to maintain some type of safety for them when they move out of the house. That's also one of the reasons why I'm trying when they're prepping them to move out, is trying to help them develop um, support groups, friendships, or be part of a church home. I want guys to be accountable and also um, someone's concerned about them. If they, if they don't show up to church or don't show up somewhere that they're missed. I've talked about trying to develop that type of lifestyle where if you don't show up, that there are people who will miss you and, and close enough will try and look for you
0: so. so so realistically it's welcome to the family yeah
2: yeah which is what well, as I always say once the key is always the key's yeah
0: well this is WSFI 88.5 FM and you're listening to the Deacon's Round Table and we have our guest Alfred Deacon Pat- Alfred Coleman and we will be taking another short break and come back and learn more about the Sakia house
2: your table square We'll be
0: So this is uh, WSFI 88.5 FM on the uh, radio and also it's actually online at uh, WSFICatholicRadio.org and you're listening to the Deacon's Roundtable and we have our special guest, Deacon Alfred Coleman from the Zacchaeus House and he was explaining to us about uh, or telling us some of the stories about the alumni and how they are the success stories and that it's really joining a family and having everybody there what is, is there like a I don't want to say a graduation ceremony but what is it how does the house celebrate someone going through the transition from being you know no hope as a homeless person to now being part of the family of the, in the community
2: I don't know if there's enough celebration but there's a uh a moment of appreciation when uh that time comes for an individual cuz it it sometimes get kind of shaky cuz um from um, uh, they get kind of committed to the house and then preparing to move out they get a little shaky about moving out the transition uh, yeah. the transition and sometimes it isn't 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 smooth um they get a little nervous cuz uh they say and assume cuz you go from a place where you're living with you know eight sure. other people and you have a, you know, resources at hand to knowing you when you actually have your own place you, it's, it's you see a goal of yours there's out to come a reality they're happy but they all kind of look oh uh, well, i like we have guys all the way up in Evanston you know so they think thinking, hey, but we need some help but I don't think you to get up here well it's on traffic <laughs> so that <laughs> was we well have to from helping, country helping. club hills to uh, uh, all the way up to Evanston so they, they expand the city
3: I, I was going to ask how. I, I want to get a sense of how big the family uh, n- is now, with the alumni, mm-hmm. and 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 the, even the deacon mentors along the way. I
2: don't really count everyone as a whole, but we have uh, roughly over seventy something guys calling through the house, and but the alumni that's steady and consistent that have been sticking with, uh, staying in touch with us is around twenty. Mm-hmm. So, we have other mm-hmm. guys who have come back or may have called and uh like we have a guy in ohio he'll call uh, a guy who's working in washington he just pretty much just called say he's still working and things going well he may call twice a year or when he comes back to chicago and visit his parents he yeah he'll swing by the house so they all have different involvements but the the active alumni are just guys who just haven't been, have been out without within you know no more than six years and well, let's say one guy i've been still in touch been in the house since, since eight years but It's really um, tied to being connected with the house, but sometimes when the guy really stabilizes himself and either um, he slowly uh, we become certainly a a phone call a year, pretty much. You know, where where we have some guys who just didn't want to put it behind them, don't want to forget that they were homeless. So,
0: what uh, have been some of your greatest challenges with some of the clients? Of uh, making, trying to make this transition.
2: What well, times when a guy comes to the house? His addiction <coughs> flares up, and it gets to the point where he has to move out. Uh, it, it's seeing someone moving forward, then then suddenly drops. You know, we've had guys who are. One of the things always, one of the stories that always sticks with me is when uh, one of our guys who are trying to stabilize his life and get his son out of foster care. And um he, he he didn't make it. You know, and so his we well, always was thinking that it's um his son is still in foster care. And he's still out there struggling with his addiction. His his biggest goal was just trying to get his life together and then one day get his son out of the system. And then he didn't do it.
1: And so you you mentioned the addictions that you're not uh you're not a halfway house in that sense. So uh, no. you don't provide the the no. treatment that's not uh
2: No, we do not. But if a person who used to use, um, have to go to meetings, have to have a sponsor. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't do drops at the house. We expect you to be at a certain level to uh, maintain yourself. Like if a person has health issues, you have to be mobile to live in Sakia's house. You have to be able to do the stairs. You have to be able to feed yourself, clean yourself, clean up behind yourself. If you don't have those abilities, you can't come to Sakia's house. You have to be self-maintaining, and that includes your addiction.
1: And Thank there's you. there's a there's a wisdom to that too because I've got to you're expecting something out of me. Mm-hmm. There's a responsibility there that I my choice is either comply or or not. Mm-hmm. And if I don't, then I can't stay. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. uh, you know that's not that's not tough love, but it's. It's a, resp- a, it's a, a responsibility it's responsible. Right, Right.
3: It yeah, yeah. also tells me if somebody is accepted into the Zacchaeus house, that by itself is an achievement mm-hmm. from where they come from. Well,
2: That's brought up during their the, the first meeting, or their first phone call. Like we're asking where they're at. I also do a light background check. Um, we also um, ask them if they have any goals. If a person is not sure, uh, what they want to do but they know they want to do something and uh, we can talk about it but if uh, you, you really have no plans sakia's house is in the right place for you if you don't want to do anything sakia's house is not in the right place are we're, we're, um we're, we're a place you go through not a place you go to you know, we're not, you know we don't we're not there just to shelter you we're, we're there to care for you and all uh, your life to develop and to move on so you, so you can actually uh... prosper you
1: know so you you've you've got to say no to men yes
2: or not now or I give a referral. How, no. how hard is that? It's, it's, it's extremely hard, especially when uh, there are times people show up with their parents um, and they're trying to get in, um, but it has no goals. You know, it's just one of the things I always try and get people to realize that if you have a, someone you're struggling with, a son or a relative who, who has issues or just needs some support, get a team around them now. You know, the, the, don't wait until um, they burn all their bridges with you and you're ready to put them out. And they got a bag in one hand and they lost your support and then now you want to drop them off at a shelter. You know, let's get, get around them now. Get, the, get a support group with them now. Get some resources now while they have your love and care right now. Don't wait to the, to the point where you're done with them.
1: So you've had parents want to deposit? Their I've, had,
2: s- I've had parents drop their, their kids at the door and drive away. I I mean, I I had people just, they get so mad, they just pack their stuff and never contact me. I just, I show up up at the house and there's somebody sitting on the porch with their bags. And my mom dropped me off. She's mad at me, you know, and she's done.
0: So one of the things as a follow-up with that story, it leads into one of the questions that I had. So obviously you're well-known in the community and doing good, that if people are just saying, I want you to go to the Zakia's house and that line of uh, it's not a place you go to, but go through. I have to remember that. Absolutely great. Um, how has the local community, the politicians, um, when they see your successes, how are they then leveraging their responsibility to sort of expand your program, but other ones throughout the state? Because you obviously have a great success rate.
2: You also, have to keep in mind that we're, we're, we're a Catholic-based shelter, and some of our politicians don't care. <laughs> so I'm just being honest with you. Uh, we're just another shelter to them. Um, there are some that, that, that uh, I will say, um, positive from a discipline, no one's standing next to us saying, hey, this is the place. My, uh, the bulk of our support is coming from parishioners, churches, you know, uh, local bishops, You know some people from the faith who knows how important it is to to apply our faith you know so they they they, they're the politicians are looking at things secularly you know so and we look at things from a spiritual standpoint that's where our faith says that's that's the way God has called us all to so
1: Uh, how long have you been doing this again
2: Uh, I've turned Full time, 30 years in May of last year.
1: How about Zacchaeus?
2: I've been there roughly 12 years.
1: 12? Yeah. Are you different today uh, than you were 12 years ago as a result of having worked there?
2: Yeah. yeah now, when you, uh,
1: this and, is what, and, and what's and what's that difference?
2: Uh, wiser, calmer. Um, I've have, I've have enough experience, so I have some. That, that I can know that if uh, I'm gonna put it, the Holy Spirit works the way the Holy Spirit works and that uh, humanity will be itself humanity and uh, God moves at God's time um, so I just try my best to do my part you know and to um, you know it's you know like so there's a guy we're ministering to and then and then there's me, and then there's the house resources. I just try to keep everything at its peak if as it can. There's certain there times that's um, hard to really be a hundred percent at things. Just like um, I'm really good at um, working with the poor, and I, uh, I don't have a great fundraising ideas, you know. So, and there are times when I need to be better at you know fundraising, you know, and then. When I see guys every day, it's constantly in front of me—the the, the broken humanity, and that, but I need to, you know, to figure out how to fundraise and bring in more funding. Just like people ask about, can we have another Zacchaeus House? We have to stabilize this Zacchaeus House. You know, there's, how come there isn't a Zacchaeus House for women. We have to stabilize this Zacchaeus House. I mean, because uh, shelters are just like a home. You know, it's like the same bills you have, the same bills we have. But we have it 24-7 because we don't, the lights aren't turned out because they have to work any shift they want to. So they are coming and going 24-7. It isn't like when you know, during the day and everybody's out of the house and the utilities are down low. But you no, know, everybody, some people, someone's in the house during the day so the lights are on and gas need to be on. So
3: mm-hmm. you're, bills saying need to pay. you're saying this is something that, that you're facing every day. Mm-hmm. So how does this find itself in, into your uh, ministry of preaching?
2: Well, you know, as as deacons, the, the 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 care for the poor and the broken is, uh, and being us being aware of it, it's something that uh, um, it's part of our charism, and and be able to um, share that with God's people, and uh, as we preach or teach, it's uh, is our place to educate the body, keep the people informed of what the need is, you know. But uh, we have to be creative in doing it, so it it. it I can, I can when I when I when I talk or talk about the poor or preach uh, I have a lot of actual reality stories you know I'm actually talking about exactly what happened to someone or something mm-hmm. I've seen you know something I experienced it's firsthand so the, the stories I use are actual lives
3: so this would enrich your uh, yeah. your homily yeah. Right,
2: yeah It also keeps me humble because it, it I, I see what humanity does to itself and I see how people need to respond from it, and I would be recovered or restored. So,
3: mm.
1: now what about um, for the non-deacon or somebody who's living sixty-five miles away from uh, from Zacchaeus house? What what's what's the takeaway for 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 somebody looking at this from a distance? What 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 is there to learn or to teach or to be transformed by?
2: I always inform people that the um, excuse me, stay involved with your family. Um, all because uncle Tony says he's doing well in Oklahoma does not mean he's doing well in Oklahoma. You know, make sure you look your family in the eyes and see how you're doing. Cause some people can say that they're stable and they're not stable. And sometimes family is the last one they tell when they need help. They can be walking the street or just a paycheck from being broke, being put out and they won't say a thing. So stay close to your family and be have open conversations and, and try and stay ahead of the game. Especially if you have a family member who who's not doing well. Or you have that uncle's in the basement in for years. And I run into this a lot that it's always like a mother or grandmother who've been taking care of uh, an uncle who's in the basement and, and what happens when she dies. And at that time people get to realize what we're we gonna do with him? And then then, then he's homeless. Um, address it now when uh, you have all the resources and you have time why wait till a person is put out in the street? I mean get involved now and do something now and especially if you run into the poor in the street, you know, look them in the eyes and say hello, you know, say hello. All for prayer. Remember you're a believer. You know, you, you, prayer is needed for all. And, and ask them their name. I mean honor their humanity. And take time and, and uh, uh, experience humanness, and allow that person to be recognized. You know, Say hello. Look them in the face. Even if you can't give them any money, and not going to give them money, just honor their humanity.
0: I think that was one of the great lessons that I learned at PADS was, um, in particular, PADS always made a point that you were not supposed to give any financial resources to any of the guests. Mm-hmm. But without question, they were another human, and you were to treat them with absolute dignity. And I actually, over the years, just, you know, you get to be... Great friends with, I mean, you know, I say friends may be a tough, uh, good acquaintances with some of the guests, you know, and uh, and you you're right about sharing their success stories, but this this, I said that that challenge that you face of, uh, hearing some of the stories, if someone else had jumped in just a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. it would have been a completely different route.
2: Yeah, because it once a person loses everything and they're homeless, it, it's it's hard to to restore them. It's harder than dealing with it when they're living in a basement or they still have shelter. But once everything's taken away and they're now carrying everything they have on their back, you know that does a lot for a person.
0: So one of the things that uh, we only have a couple minutes left. You had mentioned within your ministry about the challenges to secures the Eas House. Do that. How are ways that the Chicago land area community? Can help Zakia's House?
2: For one, uh, financially. You can make donations to Zacchaeus House. Um,
0: Do you guys have a, a website or someplace where they could uh, take a look at it and f- be donations via that way? Or?
2: Yeah, uh, Zakia's House, www.zacchaeushouse.org. Zacchaeus House is spelled Z A C C H A E U S H O U S E. You can visit us on our Facebook page and also follow us on Twitter. at Z House Chicago. Um, our donations, are you can mail it to the house or um, Bishop Perry's office at at 6.
0: And I assume you could always use supplies. If the, I mean, if you know, if it's anything like my house, you know, needing new sheets, mm-hmm. you know, new toiletries, you know, just Clean things. Supp-
2: cleaning supplies, you know, floors need to be mopped, dishes need to be washed. So someone, to
0: be done? someone has some extra money on uh, Amazon, they could just send it right to you.
2: Right to us, yeah. Take an Amazon smile. Click <laughs> Zacchaeus <laughs> House.
0: <laughs> Actually, you know, that's, that's a great way to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we are uh, ending up our uh, discussions here over Zia's House. Um, and we especially thank our guest today, uh, Deacon Alfred Coleman from the Zacchaeus House. Um, joined by... Uh, Greg Webster, Michael Lande, and Richard Hudson, and I'm David Egan. And let us close very quickly with a prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, God, for allowing us to discuss ways that we can make the community better. Show the dignity of our brothers and sisters, members of our family, your child. Let us keep this in mind as we go about our journey. That you're in all of us. And we ask all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.